Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how's everybody doing? Looks like Murphy's Law just kicked in. Wonderful. Gonna be one of those days, huh? Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm gonna be your host for the next hour, I hope. And uh, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California, we are 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal issue, we can get to you. We may not be able to do it right away, but uh, we will get to you. California is this huge state. You know, a lot of people think of us kind of like Hawaii, you know, beaches and surfing and all that. We are. We are. However, there's another part of the state, the further you go up north, it gets cooler. So then we've got guys in wetsuits, and, and there's more spread out areas. There's farming areas. You've got high desert, low desert. You've got mountains, and you've got a lot of rural areas out there. So that's why, even though we're strategically positioned around the state, it may take us a couple of days. But in that case, we do have psychics who can call you and uh, settle, in, in most cases, if you do have, if, if there is something paranormal going on in your house or your business, uh, they, they can settle the energy down until we get out there. Because it usually doesn't take us more than one or two days to get out there. That's the, that's the max on it. So uh, rest assured. Okay, that being said, if you want to find us, it's really easy. We are all over Facebook. You can make a just I hate my cords. Um, you can find us all over Facebook. Uh, you can find under my name. Uh, you can find us under California Haunts, California Haunts Radio on Facebook, and the Sacramento Steers Psychic Team as well. That's S. That's S E E R S. All right. And we also have a California Haunts events page that you guys can check, can find us on too. We're also on TikTok under California Haunts. We are over on Twitter under California Haunts, and we are also on uh, Twitch, I believe, as as. Uh, as Cal haunts, and um, I am on Instagram under Ghosty Gal. That's all overcased, so it's really easy to find us and, and get a hold of us for stuff. Okay, all right. That being said, um, Halloween is coming, and we are setting up a couple of events that not so much for paid events for you guys to help us out with, but uh, to, to, to come out with this on. But uh, we're going to be doing some on, a couple online, well, at least I'm hoping to put this together to do a couple online investigations, so you can see us live investigating so that it would be fun for you guys to watch us and see how we do things all right so uh be looking forward to that i'm also going to be teaching a class on evps you know the the best ways to obtain them and how to process them once you once you do obtain them how to process them through the different so the, 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 you know the, those different softwares that, that we'll use as ghost hunters because I've been doing this 18 years, so I've, I've been doing EVP work for 18 years. And what's funny is that when I look back on the stuff I did when I first started out in the field, they're horrible, just horrible. You know, because when you first start doing them, you you always overcompensate, and and and, and you do weird things to, to try to pull them out, right? But then as you get older, you get used to doing it, with, get used to working with the software, you get better and better at it. But like I said, if I go back and listen to the stuff I did back back say 15 years ago. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just horrible. So you gotta start somewhere. So this is a guide for you guys out there. If if you're into you know investigating and stuff and you want to learn a little more 
about EVP processing in a, in a way to improve what you're already doing, th this will be the class for you. I should have the announcement up for that class probably around 8 p.m. Pacific tonight um, after the show, of course, and uh, so we can get rolling with that. And that'll be over at the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup site. Okay? All right. That being said, I'm also offering a meditation club. It's, 20, it's 25 a month, and I can take up to 10 students in each class. And what we do is I, I set it up for a 3.30 p.m. Pacific for the people that live on the East Coast, so it's not so late. And there's also a 7.45 p.m. Pacific for the people on the West in the West Coast areas to participate. And we will meditate three to four days a week, sometimes twice a day depending on you know how, how everybody feels, the scheduling. And uh, it, it's just a way to unwind, right? It's meditation, and we talk about health issues, and we talk about life issues, and how, and just, a, just as an aid to unwind and stuff for, for you. So if you're, you're into that sort of thing, and it's something you want to do to relax, come on over, sign, head over to the California Haunts Meetup site, sign up for that, okay? We also have a Patreon site. And for the Patreon site, because we do a lot of pre-records, pre like our guest tomorrow is is a pre-recorded interview. Well, for the people that are signed up to the Patreon, they get first access to those interviews. You know, ahead of the of, of releasing these videos publicly, so you're going to get first access. And uh, not only that, Nancy and I have just <laughs> did it again. I mean, there I went where the Mario's go. Poof! I hate my internet. Um, not only that, Nancy and I are going to be doing something next week on that Patreon where you're going to get to ask Nancy questions and stuff. Uh, it's kind of like a private thing for Patreon members only, right? It's, it's kind of like the subscriber thing over at TikTok where, you know, they, they have subscriber-only chats. The Patreon would be a, a subscriber-only chat, you know, with Nancy. And uh, we've got a couple other guests that we've had on this last couple weeks that are willing to do it as well. So you can get in and pick their brains a little more, instead, you know, about their subject, okay? So that's something to look at. And you can look us up under California Haunts. Paranormal Investigation Team at Patreon. Or I think it's California Haunts Radio Patreon. Too much California Haunts. So if you're interested in that, head on over there, sign up, and uh, we'll get you going on that. And I've got some great gifts when we hit our 15-member uh, milestone over at Patreon. I've got some great gifts set up for you guys, some, some real cool giveaways. So, um, yeah, go over and check it out. There's like four videos over there already anyway. Okay. All right, getting down to business. Our guest tonight, I hope I say her name right. I'm horrible with names. You guys know this. Dr. Heather Lay. It's confusing because Jamie Lee Curtis spells it, you know, same way, only with a Lee. So, yeah. Anyway, Dr. Heather Lay is going to be talking about haunted Southern Nevada ghost towns. I haven't had a chance, and that's something I want to get going to with my team is to get out to go, to go into some ghost towns. The only ghost town I have done, well, I guess I could say two kind of ghost towns is Virginia City and uh, Columbia. You know, but I've never really gone into like Bodie or any place like that. And so I'm eager to talk to Heather about this because I really am interested in, in getting into like those, those those Nevada ghost towns and checking stuff out. You know, I mean, we have Ion, we own the Ion Hotel, we've got, you've got ghost cowboys in there, right? You know, Murphy's Hotel, but it's just nothing like going to, a, to like a real, real, real ghost town. So I'm excited to have her on. So let's bring her in and get the show on the road. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm out of breath now, so <laughs> you, can, you can take over. Tell, tell me about you. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I thought my intros to my podcast was long, but you got me beat. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I'm going to... I should get asked, I should, I should keep a bag here so I can just after you know after doing it. So um, tell oh, me about you. Yeah. I was gonna say we're worried. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've actually been in the paranormal field for more than 30 years. When I first started, it was mostly a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, I helped paranormal teams with their research. Mm -hmm. And I was in it just mostly because I wanted to figure out why I was seeing my grandfather and because he had never lived in the house that we lived in, no connection whatsoever. So that's kind of, you know, and back in that day, that's when we had to go to the library and check out 30 books, you know, and bring them home and read through every page. We couldn't just, you know, control F and find what we were looking for. Um, so it was a lot of work that I did back then. But in the last five, six years, I kind of dove in at first. And I uh, now do this full time, everything from researching, investigating, um, teaching classes. I do public speaking and as well as motivational and shamanic life coaching. Um, I've written several books and then, um, yeah, it, it's, it's an ongoing process with me. <laughs> That's how I feel too. After all this time, in fact, when I looked back this year and realized that it had been 18 years, I was astounded because it went really fast. And like you, yes. when we started out, even though we had, even though there was internet, it was AOL dial up. That's what, that's what I had. So we were, I was still going to the libraries to find stuff out, I right? Say it still would have been quicker to go to the library. <laughs> and to deal with dial up. Yeah. My first website was it was 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 done on AOL. I mean that's scary. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> well, I'm fascinated by Nevada. Like, like I said, I'm really fascinated by by Nevada in general because there's so much history out there. Mm -hmm. Especially you know, especially when you start reading and doing the research, there's just so much out there. So, what attracted you? I mean, what attracted you to start looking at the ghost towns and stuff? Uh, well, we had lived out there prior to moving back to Florida for almost seven years, um, just outside mm -hmm. of Las Vegas and Henderson. And I was approached by Motion Picture Video to do a documentary because my paranormal team is my family, my husband mm -hmm. and my son, where it's just us, but we, we, we like it that way. <laughs> and they wanted to feature not only a paranormal family, but they also wanted to cover a lot of the ghost towns in Southern Nevada. Mm -hmm. So we, it, it was one of those things where we spent, you know, weeks researching before we went filming. Um, I had already been to Goldfield to film, do some other filming projects and investigating the different mine. We went into a mine up there and a whole bunch of different stuff in Goldfield. And it was just kind of one of those things where it was an aha moment. A uh -huh. friend of mine, um, Peter Haviland, uh, passed away a few years ago, but he said to me, he's like, with all of your research, he's like, why don't you send it into History Press and, you know, tell them I referred you and let, you know, let them know what you have and what they think. Because I've been, in addition to paranormal I have um, degrees in communications. I was a journalist. I've been a freelance writer just as long as I've been in the paranormal field. So right. it, it all fit. <laughs> and History Press loved it, and they published it, and th that's how we're here where we are. <laughs> See, you and I have similar backgrounds. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a cut and dry with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the degree yep. and everything, you know. Um, when we talk about ghost towns, what are we talking about? Because I know a lot of people, like, like myself, you know, to me, uh, Bodie stands out for me, but also the you know the ones that I've been to, you can't really call them ghost towns, but they have ghosts in them, like Virginia mm -hmm. City or Murphy's or places like that. So what well, what makes these these places different than say Virginia City? Right. Well, in my book, I actually classify um, three different categories of ghost towns. Um, mm -hmm. Is what I've come up with just from investigating a whole bunch of different ones. Um, the first one is complete ghost town, and those would be like Rhyolite, Berlin. 
um, all these locations that there's nobody there, no residents, mm -hmm. no, there isn't even power there. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just because it's a ghost town doesn't mean it's haunted by ghosts, but nine right. times out of ten it is. <laughs> right. Um, then I have working ghost towns. And these are the locations like Tonopah, um, Goldfield, where you have a small population of residents, usually around 500 or less, that still operate, manage, and keep the town running. And then I have what I classified as near ghost towns because everybody asked me, well, why did you include Boulder City, mm -hmm. you know, as a ghost town? But that is, it's, it's a ghost town in comparison to what it was during its heyday. When right. the Boulder so. Dam was being built, or the Hoover Dam now, when the Hoover Dam was being built, it was, you know, booming. It was, you know, one of the biggest cities in the area and it, it had high levels of population. And now today when you go there, I mean, it's quiet. I mean, mm -hmm. you still have a lot of residents and it's still, you know, very populated city, but it's pretty quiet in most areas of that town. Very interesting. So in your studies, and as far as going into these, these haunted ghost towns, like you say, there's no electricity in a lot of these places. So what kind of equipment do you go in with? I mean, obviously, you're not going to be rigging up a DVR system or anything like that, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm typically a non-tech girl. Uh, okay. Of course, we do bring um, we do bring video recorders, digital voice recorders. Um, I carry a I always carry it with me whenever I'm on an investigation as my backup. It's a keychain actually that's a voice recorder, and that's always Ooh. running in case the digital voice recorders miss something. Mm -hmm. um, but I use dowsing rods, pendulums, um, of course, my five senses. Um, I've even used uh, fidget spinners. Everybody laughs at me for that, but fidget spinners are my investigative tool of choice. And then um, I know I'm not a big, I'm, I'm still torn on the spirit box because you have options to be contaminated. But when you're so far out, mm -hmm. you can't pick up radio waves. So I think the best places to use a spirit box is in places like Gold Point, um, down in the mines in Nelson, um, down in the mines in Goldfield, because there are no radio stations for mm -hmm. hundreds of miles. So you're not picking up anything. Oh, my gosh. Someone that believes what I believe. I've been saying that for years and all these other, these other younger ghost hunters look at me like I'm nuts, but I've been saying that for years. I don't yep. trust them. <laughs> yeah. I, I have one just because we do We used to do a lot of public events. Right. When you do a public event, people want, you know, something now. Right. So we, we ended up, we agreed. Yeah, we'll get one, <laughs> but it worked really well. We were, um, I want to say like 30, 40 feet underground. Mm -hmm. Works really that well down be. there because <laughs> you don't get any radio waves. And then awesome. Gold Point, they didn't have any. I mean, we scanned it and there was no radio frequencies whatsoever before we even attempted to use it. Awesome. And then the minute we asked a question, it was like everybody flooded and wow. wanted to talk. So they were, hello, hi, hello, hello, hello. And all different voices, male and female. Well, you know, I believe in that theory, you know, like you say, the, the contamination. You know, there's that story about the monkeys. To put a mm -hmm. bunch of monkeys in a room with a uh, with, with typewriters and let them mm -hmm. go, and eventually they'll write every, every classic there is. And right. that's how I feel about those boxes because I always think, you know, you get all these radio stations going, you're asking questions while well, as it's scanning, it'll stop at certain points, and it'll sound like your questions are being answered, but they're mm -hmm. not. Yeah, and especially if you want it to be answered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's one of the most haunted ghost towns do, out there, do you think? I personally would think uh, Goldfield, of course, but um, I've done a lot of investigating at Goldfield. Um, 
and have had a lot of personal experiences there. But then after Goldfield, Berlin has a lot of interesting stories. And those stories, I think, are more interesting. And I, I truly do feel that there's a high amount of energy there uh -huh. because there was a um, chimney that was used during World War II for, um, by the pilots for uh, bullet practice. Mm -hmm. So you go there and you have the energy of, you know, the World War II soldiers serving and that they were based there. And then you also have stories of uh, the Manson family making their appearance in, in Berlin. So it's kind of interesting to hear the different stories, you know, the courthouse and everything. There's actually, an, um, and it could have been etched by someone else, but it says Charlie Manson, um, 1974 was wow. etched into the wall. And there's a story about how, um, the female, uh, she was an elderly lady, but she believed she dubbed herself the godmother of the town. Mm -hmm. And she actually stood up to them and told them, you don't camp in town, you know, here, go here. And then when she saw a newspaper several days later, it was the, uh, the everyone arrested for the um, Manson murders in California. Wow. So, and people see her energy there. And if you do something you're not supposed to, she appears, she, you know, rocks have been thrown at people there. And so I think the energy in Berlin is very, very high. What's it like when you walk in? I, I know, I mean, like McCombie Hill here in California tends to run really high energy wise, like, like when you're, mm -hmm. especially if you're on the street at night. But I mean, mm -hmm. again, that's what you would call the active, or however you, you, you're, you're, you categorize it as an active ghost town, technically. Right. So what's it like walking into one of these ghost towns where there's no power, no electricity? I mean, do you feel eyes on you right away or how, what's the feeling? It's interesting. It's because um, I get it when we do residential cases as well. Once I step over the threshold, I know who's there, who, you know, where they are and if the house is haunted or not, or if it's negative. And I get that even when we crossed over in Goldfield, mm -hmm. I got that feeling. But walking around like Nelson, we went far enough outside of Nelson to where um, it was a abandoned mine and we were doing the filming there and no electricity, no nothing at that point in time. And the minute I got out of the car, it, it was like I could feel static energy around me. And it just, you, you knew, it just, you felt the power that was there. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting for those that can pick up on the power. And I know a lot of people who can't, because my husband, you know, he, I, I don't want to say his psychic abilities are as limp as a wet noodle, but yeah, that's about the only way I could describe it. And he's probably going to be laughing at me <laughs> if he's hearing what I'm saying. But he, he's the skeptic of our group and um, he could even tell me, you know, hey, something doesn't feel right. And he's, uh -huh. you know, starting to develop it when we go into areas like that, especially in when we lived in Nevada with the areas that had no power. <laughs> so when you, you know, you being psych, you know, sensitive to this stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember going through like and I said like, it was funny to go through with the psychics to go through these these little towns because even like with McCollum Hill, the psychic would get the giggles and go, you know, the girls are right there. They got their legs over the, you know, over, over the little fence, you know, the little fence mm -hmm. thing. It's, it's, it's the hookers, you know. <laughs> we used to laugh about all that because they're still they're still going on about their business, you know. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> you know they're just seeing us do stuff. <laughs> I just used to go, wow. <laughs> you know, they're right there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to lure the guys over. Um, when you talk about the the, the entities that, that you met in these places, was it a negative feeling at all? You know, when, when you were talking to them, was there anything negative in there? I know a lot of those towns, mm -hmm. like McCollumie Hill, yeah. I mean, there was a killing every day one year for mm -hmm. 365 days. So is there a lot right. of negative energy? 
Yeah, not that I've encountered because even um, Nelson, um, there was a renegade Indian, uh, Native American, who um, just slaughtered members of the camp. And then you also had um, civil war deserters from the north and south. They evacuated to Nelson and they actually had a mini civil war out in Nelson because the northerners and southerners were fighting each other, even though they were all deserters. Mm -hmm. um, and there's I never really felt any negative energy, but a lot of people have claimed it. Mm -hmm. um, that they felt it there in um, Goldfield. I think the most negative that I've gotten was we crawled into um, a collapsed mine shaft. Okay. And something told me, because the rest of the team that I was with, we had stopped because I was with a different team at the time. We had stopped probably mm -hmm. about 10 feet before the collapsed area was. And something told me to crawl back there. And I'm not one for tight spaces. I'm very claustrophobic. And I've also, I mean... I didn't have the knee surgery yet, but I've had two knee replacements in the last two years. Uh -huh. So this was prior to that. So, you know, my knees weren't that great for me to be crawling around on gravel and through mine shafts. And, but I, I still had to go. And once I got back there, <clears throat> I started crying. I felt mm -hmm. like I was being crushed and I could hear men screaming. So even though it wasn't a negative feeling, it, it right. was very sad for mm -hmm. me. And emotionally, it, it was very, very strange. And, um, but the only other thing that could possibly come to being negative that I've personally encountered in a ghost town would be in Goldfield. And we were followed by a shadow person okay. that was taking us around um, a mill house. And it was, you know, bouncing around, it was on the ground, it was in the corner. And the next thing we know, it was in the rafters. And when we looked up into the rafters, it was crouching down and we it, like almost led us to a hangman's noose. Wow. And it, and it was a very feeling of dread that we had at that moment. So, but other than that, I've never really, I mean, I have been attacked by ghosts on residentials, but in the right. ghost towns, I've never, I always put out a positive energy, you know, and I try to be positive and I, I talk politely. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I always try, I'm, I'm like that in life too. So if someone's sure. having a bad day, I'm going to try to turn them around and make them happy. So if sure, someone's sure. grumpy as a spirit, <laughs> I'm going to do what I can to make them happy and not as grumpy. Well, I was just curious about that because you know you, there's this. I mean, there's so much energy there, and there's so much happening in these go in, in these towns that you know, I you know, like like even when we used to go out to the smaller places, you you run into one or two, but they're, but they're not. It's not a big deal, you know. Right. It's just the way the yeah. energy is. Have you yeah. found? And, and I know there's several reports of it because I cover. I'm trying to remember all the locations, but there's several right. reports. Other people, but I, I think that's just how they investigate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree hundred percent. You're probably a beacon is what you are. You know, and you're, you're a beacon of bright light and, and they like you because there's people that can draw them, that can draw them to them. And then they're, they're light beings anyway, you know, because, because you're a light being. Um, yeah. Let's hear your preparation. When you, when you decide you're going to investigate something like Goldfield, how do you, your family being your team, how do you guys prepare to go do something like that? Because I mean, it's huge. Like there's like, like I'll give an example like the Brookdale Lodge, there's like there's like 500 ghosts in there or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. or 100 ghosts or whatever it is. And I know the psychic has to go in. And how do you prepare for something that's going to have so many ghosts in there? Mm -hmm. uh, I know um, for myself personally, um, I always try doing everything to stay grounded. Um, I carry a, um, oh, shoot, what, a howlite okay. um, stone, um, a huge, it's probably about that big. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> I, oh, oh. I, tuck, I tuck it in my bra. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I, carry, 
I carry that with me. Um, and then we all have, I created little sage vials that yeah. are made with, um, you know, just kind of like a sage spray, but it's a roll on and we all right. have that. Um, but my son and my husband, they've just pretty much, my son wears um, sandstone. He really likes that as his protection. And then my husband wears his crystal. I believe last time he wore black tourmaline mm -hmm. is what he wore last time. But other than that, we just go in and we wait and see what happens. And if something negatively happens, then we just go through our personal cleansing methods. But we don't want to close ourselves off too much because we don't want to scare away the ghosts. Either. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about a typical investigation for you guys to go into these places, to, to go into a town like this. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to use the Florence Mine, for example. This was up in Goldfield. And um, when we arrived, it was activity. We weren't even out of the truck and I was seeing spirits. And even though I, I, I more or less claim myself as sensitive and empathic, not really mm -hmm. a psychic, um, just because I like to dive in and do research before going to these locations. So I will do everything from property research to talking to the owners. And I know more going in than a psychic should. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't really classify myself as that. Right. Um, but I was, you know, seeing spirits, you know, um, almost like they were more curious about us because we were the first team to ever investigate this particular location. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, I, like I said, they were more curious about us. But when we got there, um, of course, we had the owner give us a full tour of the property. He kind of shared with us locations that were haunted, um, locations that they've experienced it from living there because his family still lives there. And um, from there, we just said, you know, hey, we're going to go into this one building and the one building we, you know, I pulled out the different tools that we use. And a majority of the time, it's just EVP sessions that we do. Mm -hmm. But we do have, you know, different things around just in case they want to communicate with us. And it's all about what we see, hear and feel is what we do during the investigation. Um, we all have logs. We document everything individually and we don't share. So like, say, if something touched me. I don't share that with anyone um, mm -hmm. because I've been on investigations before where someone says, oh, something just touched my hand. And the next thing you know, five other people have their hand touched right, right, in right, the investigations. Right. So, so we keep all that to ourselves and then we compare at the end and then we cross check that with any EVPs or video footage that we've captured. Um, and then um, from that investigation, we actually got invited to spend the night in the mine owner's home. Cool. So we all camped out in the living room. And of course, his kids were so excited. They had ghost hunters sleeping at the house. So they slept out with us in the middle of the night, too. And in the middle of the night, we could see um, figures walking mm -hmm. throughout the living room, kind of like checking up on everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also was woken up in the middle of the night to someone screaming, I didn't start the fire. And Goldfield suffered two major fires, plus that particular mine also suffered a fire. So we're kind of we're we're still doing research on that one. And that's been several years since we've done that. But then the next morning we woke up, um, we talked with the mine owner, uh, his family asked about their experiences. We shared what we experienced. Um, and then we took another tour on because this place was huge <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, learned more about different aspects of the mine and just dove right in again with video cameras. We did use an obelisk on that one. And mm -hmm. that was more or less testing it out because because it was a new toy. It was recently sure. released and we wanted to see what it was all about. Still won't use it after that. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't mine. I was borrowing it from somebody. <laughs> so I didn't spend the money on it. Uh, but it's fine if you guys want to spend money on it. But just do your research behind that. That's why I always tell people, do your research behind the tools because you never know. You know, it may or may not work. But I just I personally, that's not a tool I believe in. 
Um, mm -hmm. But from there, we took everything we got, including, um, I think we did, that was where we did the spirit box session underground. And then we all pack up and we kind of decompress afterwards. Sure. And even though Goldfield was a three and a half hour drive away, um, we go out to dinner. We share our written notes and talk to each other about all of our experiences, um, make mm -hmm. sure that everybody has copies of all the notes. And it's easier now that it's just my family because right. we have the notes in our house where before the team that I was on, notes went to all different houses. Um, so we you know, kind of do that and then take a few days off. And then after a few days, that's when the re uh, real research starts and the reviewing of all the evidence and kind of digging deep into what we actually captured. Fascinating. It's, now, now for us, and I, I guess it is for you too. I mean, when you actually get a class A EVP, it's exciting. Uh, one oh, yeah. What's one of the better EVPs that you guys have gotten? I have one. We were investigating a location in Las Vegas. It's not too far from where Tupac was murdered. Okay. And one of the investigators, something we had been going from room to room of this location. And I, in between each room, I was always turning off the video recorder. And for some reason this time, I didn't turn off the video recorder because you could see it, it's kind of being carried upside down. So you're seeing behind me as we're walking. Okay. Um, so either I forgot or it didn't work, I don't know. But luckily it was still recording because it's the only place we captured this. But someone had said in our group, they were like, wouldn't it have been cool if we would be able to connect with Tupac while we were here? Mm -hmm. Right after we got, I'm right here. Whoa. There is day. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. it's either it was either a spirit saying, I'm here, why don't you talk to me? Right. Or it was Tupac saying, Hey, I'm here, talk. Right, right. And <laughs> so, you know yeah. what I found? And you and I are kind of like, we, we must be psychically on the same wavelength because while you're talking about that happening, I was just thinking of that that the best EVPs that we've ever gotten are what I call the accidental EVP, mm -hmm. where we're having a conversation about something you know, either about the investigation or totally different. And then you hear a voice mm -hmm. pop on and it's a class A and it's, 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 you know, it's, yeah. I mean, those are yeah. some of the best EVPs. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The other EVP that we got, I'm still trying to find it because we moved to Florida and I'm still trying to find some of my evidence. Um, but my son and I were doing an investigation at a museum and we were in the dinosaur room and I wish, you know, there was about six other people with us, but I wish, we could have, they wouldn't allow video cameras. So I have nothing to back up where anybody was standing or anything like that, which is why right. I don't share it. But we had, I know the digital voice recorder was on a display case at least six feet away from any person. And just while we were doing an EVP session, there was like a squawking growl, like something you would expect to hear from a dinosaur. <laughs> that was clear as day. That's not, it's not. We were, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. We were in the dinosaur room. That doesn't shock me. Uh, medium Nancy Mass lived in Tucson, mm -hmm. lived in Arizona. And I think she was doing her dishes one day at her window. And she happened to look up and the T-Rex walked by. Oh, <laughs> so she, cool. swears, she swears up and down. She saw like a T-Rex walk by. <laughs> I just went, okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's what you saw. So that, that, that squawk you got, it doesn't surprise mm -hmm. me. It really doesn't. Yep. I'm just yeah. fascinated by, by, by these ghost towns that you guys have. I would love to go get my team and go out and, and do ghost towns like that. I mean, that mm -hmm. would be the ultimate, you know, because yeah. yeah. nobody's there to bug you. You don't have a bunch of traffic going up and down the street. <laughs> what? And, and, you know, and as the night gets longer, do you feel that the energy gets gets thicker as the night as the as the evening progresses, or is it just the same during the day? It depends on the location, mm -hmm. because I know when we investigated Nelson, we actually did Nelson during the day. So that, you know, um, 
but in one location in Goldfield, it did get heavier as we got later into the night. Right. But then other times um, we've investigated in the ghost towns and it almost feels like it gets lighter. Mm-hmm. And I attribute to that as the ghosts are tired of us. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're done and they're moving on. <laughs> They've already talked to us for two hours and they're just done. <laughs> they're heading to the saloon. You know? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now this, this brings me to another thought is, you know, you, you've done like Goldfield a couple of times, you know, in the places mm-hmm. that you've done a couple of times, do you feel that every time you go back, is, is it easier to have communication with the ghost because they recognize you? Or is it oh, about the same? De- definitely they do recognize us. Cause I know um, for myself and it wasn't Goldfield that I had this, but it was the museum that we investigated. Cause that was a location uh-huh. where the team that we, my son and I were on, we uh-huh. went to the museum, did the investigation, but it was also where we held our monthly team meeting. So, and I would see the same ghost over and over and, you know, he always made an appearance, you know, just, and it was more, he was a big guy. Um, and when COVID hit and we stopped going to the museum, he actually showed up at my house <laughs> to, wow. to check in on me to make sure I was okay. <laughs> That's really cool. And, and it was like, I'm like, okay, I see you, but now go, you know, you're not allowed in my house. <laughs> go, go away. Um, and, and then another investigator that I work with quite often, he has the same thing um, with Nevada State Prison, where they're catching EVPs on other teams that are going there he's not there because he's investigating right. on home but they're right. catching evps from other teams saying where's brent that's awesome so they I, I truly from that and my personal experiences i truly do believe that they do recognize us and want to continue communicating with us see that was a theory i had early on when i was first starting to do this i always wondered about that because mm-hmm. at the wilton opera house there's a particular opera singer that they call her madame Macheska that performs at all the opera house you know Mm-hmm. That, that performed at all the opera houses. She haunts all the opera houses. And I was doing this, I think, at Sacramento Theater Company. And I thought, I wonder if she's here. I wonder if she knows I'm here. So then mm-hmm. Karen Clark, one, one of our uh, lead psychics, walks in and goes, you got to go on stage. There's someone asking for you. <laughs> and I said, what? And she goes, yeah, somebody named Madame Machesca is asking for you. And I thought that was the coolest thing because she knew I was there. And mm-hmm. she recognized me. So they do have that ability to to recognize different people and make connections with different people, mm-hmm. which makes it really cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. You know, um, I just love this whole thing with the cowboy energy. You know, and then um, uh, what types? I mean, uh, did you set up trigger objects or anything like that when you're when you're out? We we have used tr- trigger objects. Um, we've used. I know my sons brought toy dinosaurs. Okay. So when we've gotten to locations where there have been children, um, sure. I'm trying to think of the difference. It's music is a big trigger mm-hmm. when you go to different locations. Um, I've brought old poetry and we've read the poetry at the location. Um, I haven't personally done it, but I know people who have done it. Um, they've gone to different Civil War locations here in Florida and they've dressed oh. up in period attire. And awesome. they get amazing, amazing results from that. I just haven't had a chance to do it since we've moved back. Right. Um, there is a uh, the Gamble Plantation just south of us. I want to get there. And they do reenactments and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think reenactments are the perfect time to capture paranormal activity. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I can understand and, that. I mean, and getting on the ghost towns thing, it's not just cowboys that are ghost towns. Because Florida, right. I have a book coming out next spring. Um, haunted Florida ghost towns. There's over 300 Florida ghost towns. 
Wow. And Florida is second in the nation for ghost towns compared to Nevada. Wow. Yeah. You guys are going to be busy. Oh, you've been busy. Yes. We've been busy with that one. Yep. <laughs> From start to finish on these investigations, because I because you do the research, just like I do the research. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like I try to tell people, it's not like TV. It's not like when Ghost Hunters goes in there and they're done in three days. That's not how it works. How long does mm -hmm. it take for you to go, you, know, you to, to get the thing set up, get out on the investigation site, get done, do your research, and then go through, you know, and, and get all that evidence reviewed? Um, if it's not a client residential, um, by the time we make the decision to go do the investigation, we usually allow ourselves around two to three weeks to do research. Because I like to go to the invest the location, like let's say it's a museum um, mm -hmm. or even one of the plantations here in Florida. Um, we go as just tourists beforehand and sure. we just go, we walk around, we, you know, make mental notes and then we document rooms that we felt that were, you know, high energy. Right, right. So you have three weeks right there for research and, you know, other exploratory stuff. And then you have either a night or two investigating, depending on how often they let you go. Mm -hmm. And then... I say that we usually stick around um, for another couple more weeks because we review the evidence mm -hmm. and each one of us, my son really doesn't do it too much because he gets distracted easy. Um, but between my husband and I, we actually, he goes through it first, then I go through it after him. And then if we have something, we have our son listen to it um, to confirm what we've heard. Sure. <clears throat> but then there's times where you get answers that you didn't get during the investigation. So there we are deep diving into more research. Um, we've had, I know in one of the locations we investigated in Vegas, we were given a name um, in a digital uh, EVP. So we ended up researching that and had to, and then we go back to the location. We request another investigation mm -hmm. to, you know, that now that we have a name, we want to go try connecting with that name. So sure. it, Depending on the location and what we get during the investigation, uh, investigations stay open anywhere from a month to a couple months. Right. Right. And the other question I have, when you talk about your EVP work, do you use mm -hmm. a certain type of recorder or do you use different types of recorders? Because certain record, you know, certain, you know different recorders will pick up, dirt, uh, you know, different um, sound waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I use, um, it's, oh, crap. It's a S-I-A-M-P-U, Siampu. Okay. Um, and it's the one of the ones that has the three um, microphones or three microphones at the top, the two out to the side yeah. and the one at the top. Um, we use those. And um, I also, like I said, I use a digital voice recorder. That's a keychain. Sure. Sure. But other than that, I kind of try to, I, I guess I know I'm probably cutting myself short on things that I could capture, but I like to stick with things that I know work. Right. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I know it works. I'm going to continue using it. And yes. I really haven't ventured out because the ones that I get, they're not that expensive, mm -hmm. but they, I think I've heard other people use some of the high, higher tech ones like the H1 or, you know, those 300, $400 ones. Right. And, and I think my quality is better. Okay. That works. I use Sony. Uh, you know, I, I use I, I use Sony ones, and they're old, and they're mm -hmm. old as sin. I get them on like I get them on eBay. They've mm -hmm. worked for years, and I, you know, and I'm like you. I'm, I'm happy with them. Happy as a clown right. with them. Once in a yeah. while, I'll and, see. and like Once I said, I think my quality is better mm -hmm. in the aspect of because it's not the greatest high tech quality. Right. It gives that little bit of imperfections that maybe the spirits need to communicate with us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree 100% with that. 
<laughs> you and I would get along great. I'll move to Florida. How's that? We can just start. <laughs> that works. <laughs> start, start going investigating. Um, <laughs> now, now, when you go to check these places out, now, now I can understand taking the walking tours, which, which is great because then you can figure out who's running mm -hmm. things too. There's all kinds of yeah. ways to like get in on these things. Um, when you start eyeballing these towns to go to, is, are there any particular things that, that you look for, you know, when you make your decision to say, hey, let's go take a look at this place? Um, well, first of all, if we find, um, if we stumble on a location, uh, we first look for no trespassing signs, of course. You, you want to make sure that those are nowhere to be found because I've heard of way too many investigators recording themselves stepping over the no trespassing sign <laughs> and posting it on YouTube. <laughs> So, so we first of all look for that, and then we try to look for any type of signs to see if it is private property. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes if we stumble on a location, we'll first um, take some photos of what we can see from the road, and then we go home and we research the locations because there's a lot of, I mean, even here in Florida, I know Gold Point is a good example. Um, Gold Point may look like a ghost town, mm -hmm. but, you know, and Nelson's the same way, but it's sure. privately owned. The whole town is privately owned and you, you don't, you know, you don't know that just driving right. up to it because there's no signs that, that say keep up because they welcome tourists to come through. Mm -hmm. But some locations just, you know, they might not be on site at the time. And, you know, you don't, you want to make sure that you do have permission to go where you're going. That's always my biggest thing. But then once we know we have permission to be there or that it's okay to go, um, of course we do daytime walkthroughs to make mm -hmm. sure it's safe and that we're not going to run into anything. But in Florida, we run, I mean, granted in they, uh, Nevada, we had rattlesnakes, but in Florida, you run into a lot more. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we really haven't done too much nighttime investigations because with what we run into during the daytime, right. we don't want to run into at night. <laughs> <laughs> My motto with Florida and Australia is if it's really pretty, don't touch it. Right. You know, if it's really yeah. colorful, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> what do you have you know, when you do, when you're out doing these investigations, like, like, like the Southern Nevada, you know, ghost town ones, mm -hmm. what do you like the most about it? I, I'm trying to think. I love being outdoors, first of all. It, it's, mm -hmm. I feel a connection with nature mm -hmm. to begin with. And that's the one thing I missed um, about living in Nevada is being able to walk barefoot in grass. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I just love being out in the fresh air, especially um, the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead. Love that area. But of course, mm -hmm. those are really high energy locations. Right. And um, just being able to explore it, it. You know, I always go into locations, even if it's been investigated 110 times by a sure. million other investigators. Um, I still go in as that newbie that wants to, you know, experience something. And I always tell myself, you know, you're going to be the first to experience something here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I go in with fresh eyes and it's exploring and experiencing something new that always mm -hmm. excites me. And that excites me about the whole field. Exactly. Exactly. Now there was a question I had too about, oh no, see, I, I forgot the question. I'm getting senile <laughs> in my old age, 18 years. I'm senile. <laughs> I was just saying, that's my same quote in my show. It's like, um, I forgot my question. <laughs> um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, what for a group that's just starting out, you know, for a team, and they they, they want to do ghost towns in Nevada. 
what, what which one you know, would, would you suggest that 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 would be I don't want to start a run on the ghost towns either because people, you know how people are. She said this, we're going to go, let's just all pack it up and go, we don't care. But what what would be one of the easier access places to go if somebody wanted to do that? I would say either Tonopah or um, Goldfield. Okay. Because Nelson, um, if you watch Real Haunts Ghost Towns, they mm -hmm. interview the owners of Nelson and they believe that there are spirits there, but they shut everything off. Mm -hmm. So they don't allow investigations or exploring. Um, and the only reason why we got to go film there is because we were with a production crew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So that, that one, you know, you can, it's fun to go visit great photos. Um, that's where they filmed 3000 miles to Graceland and the crash plane is still there. Um, so amazing place to go and explore, but they don't really allow ghost uh, uh, um, paranormal investigations there. And they don't like talking about the ghost either. Um, oh, but well, yeah, it, and they're really nice people too. So, I mean, I get it. Um, but you have um, Goldfield, you have the Goldfield High School. I know Red had recently passed away a couple of years ago and his son, Ed, I think it's Ed, um, is taking over. Mm -hmm. And, but I know they had shut down giving tours, but recently I've heard through the grapevine that they're opening back up mm -hmm. um, the Goldfield High School. Um, but they have been shut down for investigations, but if you investigate outside of the high school, trust me, you're going to get something. Uh -huh. um, the Florence Mine, uh, John Ulrich does tours, and John also opens up. He, John owns several buildings. He like owns half the town, owns several buildings, so he uh, opens up a lot. And his um, his son was part of the team that I used to be a part of as well. Uh -huh. And they do um, not really investigations, but they'll do tours. But if you ask to do an investigation, he will allow it. He's uh -huh. very open to that. Um, and I'm not a big person to say that cemeteries are haunted, mm -hmm. but Goldfield Cemetery, we had more activity there than we've had on any investigation we've ever been on. Wow. So that, that is a very active location. I've never been off to even Goldfield. Now, like mm -hmm. I said, the farthest I've gotten is Virginia City and in Nevada. That's it. That's it. No, get, get to Goldfield. That, that's where you want to go. We, we had a lot of fun there. Um, Gold Point is a great location to go. Mm -hmm. But um, the owner of the town, it's um, two brothers and their partner. Mm -hmm. They actually hit it. They struck it rich in Vegas and went out and just drove and came across Goldfield. And there was a sign up for sale and they purchased it. So but they've been restoring it. If you go, um, uh, Sheriff Kremen, um, he is the self-appointed sheriff of the town. He'll pull up on you once you get into town on his ATV with a gun on his side. But don't let that scare you. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> um, he'll invite you in for a drink at the bar. Um, you can play pool. Um, and, but he's really not big into, um, appearing on podcasts right. or anything. Cause the minute he said to us, when we told him we were filming for the documentary, he's like, Oh, I don't do podcasts. And it's like, no, it's not a podcast. It's a documentary. And then the, our producer came out and he shared all his information and he let us in. Um, but they do, um, rent out the mining cabins Cool. and if you, but they don't have bathrooms. So you'll have to use the outhouse. Um, but the mining cabins have access um, to a lot of paranormal activity. So if you're staying in, staying there, you know, just staying in the mining cabin, you can conduct a full-blown investigation in your cabin. That is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Now let's talk about some of these EVPs that, that you guys have got in these locations. Because obviously, you know, you, you, you've, got, you've got miners there. You've got cow, you know, cowboys there. You've got the ladies of the evening there. What types of... Uh, you know, EVPs, have you guys been able to get? Who have you talked to, essentially? 
Yeah, we have captured, um, of course, all the hellos, and that was at the Hangman's Noose. Uh-huh. And um, I did. Oh. Sorry, my son's whispering, tell them the dinosaur, tell them the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> that um, was a cool story, by the way. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> He's giving a thumbs up. <laughs> um, yeah, we still got to find that. But when I find it, I'll send it to you. Um, awesome. But, but yeah, we've had... Um, I know when we were investigating the Goldfield Cemetery, we were at, um, what was his name? Marmaduke? For what? The cemetery that you were investigating at? The soul- oh, right, with the Confederate. Yeah, there was, there was a Confederate soldier and his name was Marmaduke. Yeah. <laughs> and we were conducting an investigation at his grave. And when I went back through and listened to the EVPs afterwards, um, you could hear a female's voice. Okay. So it was almost like a female was visiting his grave. So that was like, that was her comfortable place because she wow. knew him in life and that's where she went before she passed. Or, you right. know, like he said, it could have been the soldier, or, you know, who knows what that was. Um, we've gotten, I know I wasn't in the same location as this one, but a member of my team, we were investigating a brothel and he had asked, <laughs> do you only serve men, service men? And his response was, no, I service women too. So he captured that. And, you cool. know, so we, we've gotten a lot of stuff. And then, of course, um, uh, we didn't capture any EVPs of the uh, the men crying in that one shaft. But we did have some strange um, voices whispering mm-hmm. that we captured also at the mill house. But it almost sounded like a full-blown conversation. It, it was, you know, like the beginning of the workday type of conversation. Sure. Where, you know, you'd have one person talking and giving instructions and then two two or faint voices just kind of responding. And it, that, I would classify that one more as a class C, I guess, because uh-huh. it was all mobiles. <laughs> I just but, love that you guys do that. And those ghost sites, I think it's great. Now, yeah. now you're giving me incentive to get up off my duff and, you know, take the team out to these places, you know, to investigate. Because it's fun to do We, we need to get out again more often because since we've moved to Florida, we haven't done a full-blown investigation outside of, okay, we've gone to this location. Let's ask a few questions or, you know, hey, let's go to this location. While we're here, let's pull out the dowsing rods. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't done a full overnight or, you know, and I really, I, I've been too, too stuck into uh, researching these locations and, <laughs> where I actually need to get out and do a full-blown investigation. See, I've been putting so much energy into this into this radio show that we haven't done anything, sure. you know, because I'm, I'm trying to build it up. And, well, you know what it's like to build up a podcast. And oh, it's, yeah. it's, an old, it's an old job, you know, so that's I'm constantly doing that. But I'm getting the mm-hmm. itch again to get back out, mm-hmm. you know, and do stuff. Yep. And, I mean, I think the best way to do it is to do some commercial stuff, which means old hotels or whatever, ghost towns, and yeah. you know, to get out and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. what do you say to somebody that wants to start out and wants to go that route, you know, or wants to get into investigation? Should, should they do things like hotels first and things like that to get, to get used to their equipment? And, you know, I always say, cause I, I'm 100%, um, will not use my equipment in my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that's my rule. It doesn't get turned. I mean, even when we got the spirit box, you know, to check to make sure it didn't get broken in shipping, we went to a park. Um, <laughs> so I always tell people who are wanting to get into the field first, do your research. Um, you know, and I'm talking about not research by watching ghost hunters or ghost adventures. You know, of right. course, you can watch that for great information, but know it's for entertainment and weed out the entertainment from what's factual and what's not. Um, you know, read. I have behind me this whole bookcase behind me is full of paranormal books um, from everybody from Hans Holzer. You know, I, you know, I, 
you name it throughout the years, I have stuff from them. Um, uh, read, read a lot, um, reach out to um, an experienced team, not just a team that is out for the likes on Facebook, find a team right. that has been around for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. We're, we're out there. Yep. And I always tell people, you know, my Facebook is open. My email is open, you know, reach out to me, go to my Facebook page. Um, my, we haven't done it since we moved to Florida, but we're actually in the talks of doing it with um, different locations, but we used to do training sessions. Cool. And actually it would be a training session. And then we, once we taught everybody what, you know, they needed to do kind of like a ghost um, hunting one-on-one, mm -hmm. then we would actually do the investigation afterwards. And we're planning on starting to do those here in Florida. So find a different team, you know, that you can do, or, you know, find those things, but make mm -hmm. sure you know the team you're going with because nothing against some of these weekenders, but you had these weekend warrior teams that, you know, bought their equipment and then now they're like, okay, I've got my equipment. I'm going to start doing residentials. It's oh, like, yeah. no, slow down, slow down. <laughs> slow down, take your time and, you know, go to a park. Um, make sure if you go to a park and it doesn't have to be at night. I actually wrote a blog about it um, a couple of years ago about park um, investigating etiquette. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, find the rules of the park. If you're going to be there after dark, um, notify if it's, you know, the park's open at night. Right. At least, you know, notify, you know, your local police or even the park district to let them know that, hey, we are going to be at the park at night. Is it OK? We saw that it's open um, or even during the day. But if you're going to be doing um, EVP sessions, make sure no one else is around you because that could freak out other. And not only will it contaminate your EVPs, but it'll freak out other people <laughs> that you're doing that because not everybody wants to be around when we're doing paranormal investigations. Right. And, you know, as always, like I said, you, it can never hurt to learn, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, I, I, I still, when I see someone's, you know, a lot of people selling um, these online courses, I'll still sign up for them because I pick up something from them all the time. Mm -hmm. you, you never know what you're going to learn. You know, and the other it, thing, well, something mm -hmm. that we learned the hard way too, and we were out doing a newspaper thing up in Placerville up here was, you know, you need to work. And I agree with you. You need to practice with that equipment. You have mm -hmm. to practice yeah. with it because what happened to us was we were getting these great readings on, on, on the, you know, IR thermometer. And then when we went to the cemetery to do some photos and play around with it a little bit, we realized that the trifill meter was too close to the IR thermometer and it was setting it off. Yep. You know, so there's and, things like that to learn. Yes, go ahead. Right. And know how the equipment works and how it relates to the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. Because I know um, we were on investigation and I don't use K2 meters just because I have other theories right. that um, I personally don't think they detect uh, paranormal right. activity because we there's radio waves around us. Even if there's no power in a house, if you're mm -hmm. still within so many miles of a radio tower, you're still going to get radio waves. And who's to say mm -hmm. that that's not the wave frequency setting off the K2 meter, right. but he had it and it started going crazy. And we're like, wait, you know, and we're, we're thinking it's, you know, giving Morse code or something. Cause it was doing that. It was like the beep, 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 beep. So we're writing it all down. And when he got home, he realized he put unshielded batteries in the K2 meter. Oh yeah. So the meter was reading its own batteries. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so plus, it's always, don't they, always that's a, don't they have a cycle they run through too? Yeah, they have a cycle. So, I mean, they could be really quiet for a while. Then all of a sudden it looks like you're getting answers and you're not. It's, it's, it's just because it's cycling. Right. I don't like K2s. Yeah, I don't use K2s. Yeah. Don't like no, them. They're, 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 two they're great if you're going through a house to check their electrical wires to make mm -hmm. sure they're not off the charts. 
But other than that, I don't, I mean, I, I always get hate mail for this, but I don't think it's a paranormal investigation tool outside of checking for baseline readings. Now, along that line, doing this for 30 years like you've done it, what do you think mm -hmm. is, is the key piece of paranormal equipment to have out in the field? That's a tough answer because I've actually switched um, my answers recently because I'm, I've been diving into the science behind the paranormal a little bit more in recent years. Uh -huh. um, I've always thought that, of course, you have, you know, your, your body is your number one tool. You, what you sure. see, hear, feel, think, you know, and everything like that. And um, the digital voice recorders and the video cameras are uh -huh. must-haves and they're the key to this. Uh -huh. But I've been doing a lot of different research and working with some different scientists lately. And I truly do feel that the Eddie Plus, even though it does measure EMF, it gives you everything else that you need between vibrations, you know, but set it down. Don't carry it with you everywhere you go. Set it in mm -hmm. one place. Um, but I also think um, a mass spectrometer okay. is going to be the key to cracking this field wide open because that measures um, ions in the air, um, mm -hmm. nitrogen carbon, I think depending on how expensive you get, you can measure up to hundred different chemicals in the air. Wow. And if we're getting paranormal activity and all of a sudden carbon and nitrogen spike, does that mean spirits are manifesting using that? So is that what they're made of type of thing? That's going to be huge. Yeah. That's going to be huge. How do you feel about the, because I'm curious, you know, for like older investigators like us, how do you feel about the SLS camera? <laughs> you want to get me started on that one, don't you? No. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm game. We we actually had someone on our team. He was um a very techie guy, and he, I mean, he made some amazing equipment that, and he thought totally outside of the box and had some experiments that were great that we did. Um, and he actually made one because he wanted to see how it worked. And mm -hmm. we were all, it was one of those things. It was like, you know, like you said earlier, the early years. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, we were all in awe over this thing and we were playing around with it, trying to figure out how it worked and um, not realizing. And this was like they had just showed it on TV and he had it built a week later. So it was like that's how brand new it was at the time. So there wasn't much details about it. And we instantly came up with our own theories about it. And it's being matched by everyone else. Um, but one of the investigators was standing on the other side of the room and he was, you know, talking and it looked like the figure was mocking him. Hmm. Well, we didn't put two and two together. There was a glass window next to him. Oh, yeah. So it was picking up his figure in the glass window. And then later on, we were doing it up against a blank wall. And it was, you know, doing it. It was mocking him again. And it was the blank wall was reflecting his heat signature. And mm -hmm. his heat signature was being picked up by the camera as another entity. And then, of course, you have, you know, chairs, walls. Um, mm -hmm. There was a display case that was showing this giant figure <laughs> in the room. And it's we used it that one time and never used it again. Hmm. I've even seen it trigger off TVs. Like if somebody has a TV on, you mm -hmm. aim it towards the TV, it focuses right in who on the actor on the TV. Right. Yep. It'll go off like that. Even like yeah. Christmas stockings that have faces on. You got to be really careful with them. Really careful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I had someone send me one of a cemetery and they're like, look at all these little gnomes on the headstones. And it was mapping all the headstones as people. Yeah. It'll do and that. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's, and it could, it's one of those, it could have been what, mm -hmm. who am I to say, but I just, 
I, there's too many what ifs and too many natural explanations for it. You right, know, I, right. And I'm the one who, when they use them on the different shows, I'm yelling at the TV saying, what do you mean there's a stick figure on the wall? There's a crack in the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you use them, you have to, like like you say, you have to be be really careful with them and you have to know what they're what they're capable of, of triggering on. Because otherwise, there's no point just going out and just pointing them in, in you know, any direction. Right. Yeah. And, and why do they always look like they're dancing or humping a chair leg? <laughs> that's pretty funny that's, that's really funny i like you i like you yeah i'm gonna have to move to florida that did it we're moving to florida guys florida haunts no more california haunts florida haunts move the whole team move the whole damn team yeah <laughs> i can do, i can i can deal with the you know the everglades i'm good you know i, I can handle that just as long as the snakes and stuff don't come into my yard i'm good I'm good for that. Exactly. No gators, no crocodiles. No, no, no. You know, but I'm good with that. Why do you like investigating so much? Because I'm still trying to find the answer. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's one of those I personally know in in my you know beliefs. I personally know paranormal activity occurs and that there are ghosts and there's spirits around us all the time. I want to know why and how. And that is why I've taken more of a scientific approach. Uh -huh. And I, I truly, I truly do think, I mean, I have a lot of fun coming up with new theories, coming up with um, different investigation techniques and, you know, kind of, I'm working right now with a couple people to um, someone I know he's actually has uh, seizures triggered every time he sees his great, great grandfather. Wow. And he never really had seizures until he was 40. Uh -huh. And that was the first time he encountered his great, great grandfather. Okay. So we're kind of working with, um, I've sent emails out, and this is just a recent study that we've started. So I've sent um, emails out to a neurologist uh, as well as a cardiologist and someone who specializes in epilepsy for us to kind of conduct some research. Mm -hmm. And then um, in addition to trying to find more scientific backing behind the field, I've also recently, uh, I feel sorry for clients. I've mm -hmm. um, I had a heartbreaking case, so I really haven't done a client investigation Mm -hmm. five years now, just because it was like so heartbreaking. I was, I mean, she had me in tears because she's on the phone crying that she's not crazy, but we had zero evidence whatsoever of any paranormal activity happening. And it's hard because her pain is real. Mm -hmm. um, but her pain was also exaggerated, I think a little bit because a team went in prior to us. And um, actually there was one team prior to us, several teams after us, because she just keeps reaching out to teams. Sure. And every team that has come in has told her she has a demon attached to her. Oh, right. And we investigated her house between myself and the other team we were working with. We investigated five times. Um, and we've cleansed her home. We, you know, a whole bunch of different ways. Um, we, I, she, I guess she had a priest come in, but the priest charged her $5,000 to cleanse her home. What? And it, it, yeah, I, I think he was a fraud. Um, but he even wow. said that she had a demon in the house. Um, the all the other teams, you know, like I said, claimed that she had a demon. And this is why I think, you know, if you want to do the weekend, you know, go out and ghost hunt and do, you know, the weekend jaunts, that's perfectly fine. Go do that. Go have fun. Take your tours. You know, you're not harming anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to clients, I truly do believe that we need some type of not so much. Well, yeah, I guess it would be like almost like a regulation. 
like mm -hmm. get your business license or get your nonprofit license and register with the government. So that way somebody, you know, is monitoring, making sure that these people aren't going in and causing harm. And if they do go in and cause harm with these clients, there's a way to track them. Uh -huh, uh -huh. because there's too much I've, I've encountered um, even with other people who've sent me stuff. They said, Oh no, I've had such and such team. And it's a team here in Florida have told me I have a demon in my house and they sent me all these photos and they're like, see, look at all these light anomalies and they're not orbs, but they're actual like lightning, like huge lightning rods. Uh -huh. um, almost kind of the same thing you would get when you leave your lens open and you shine uh -huh. a flashlight on the ground, like paint in a light right, painting right, right, right. Um, and they actually put these photos on facebook when she asked them not to Jeez. so they shared her home with all of these you know and then when i got a hold of the original photos and analyzed them they were faked so they faked these photos sent them to the client told her she had a demon shared them but then when you go through their photo history on facebook they shared every client they've ever done and they have a similar light anomaly in the photos. Hmm. See, that's it's the thing. Like, it's like people don't realize, and I don't know if it's these teams don't realize, you know, either, either they're, like you say, they're eager for likes or whatever. You know, they see it on TV, so it's going to be easy to go in. That's one of the most things that scares me is when I talk to somebody that wants to join my team and the guy goes, oh, I already know how to do this. I, I've been watching Ghost Hunters. And it's mm -hmm. like, but you've never been out talking to people. I, nothing against Zach because I know Zach and um, I, I've been on Ghost Adventures, but I had a client tell us once, why are you doing it that way? That's not how Zach does it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I know. I know. I don't oh, like <laughs> or if you go in, and this is what I found too, if you go into a case, you don't have all that fancy equipment. There's people that won't talk to you. Right. And it's like, well, Really, we don't need all that fancy stuff. We can do mm -hmm. it without, you know, but yep. I've, I've run into that too. But that's the thing mm -hmm. that gets me is, and, I, and I'm not trying to cut teams. I don't want to start any team wars or anything like this. Right. For doing it as long as we have. I mean, the first residential we ever did terrified us because we thought, oh, my God, we're going into somebody's house. We're dealing with their mental state, you know, and, and we have to go in and do this and try and solve this. It scared us. It scared mm -hmm. every team member I had. And it should be. It should be taken very seriously because you are dealing with someone's mental state. You know, like like I can't say how many countless investigations we've had where it turned out they changed somebody's medication, and that's mm -hmm. why they were experiencing things. I mean, you have right. to look for everything. It's it's not a game going out there, right? And a yeah. lot of and, go ahead and consult with medical professionals too, because yes. in one case that we had, the woman was claiming she was constantly being touched, mm -hmm. and she had um, extreme anemia. Okay. And extreme anemia causes tactile hallucinations mm -hmm. and the sensation of being touched. So even the medical condition and who's to say, you know, we've run into different cases where, you know, people and it's mostly cleaning up. I mean, and this is where I say, you know, if you're going to do residential cases, take the time to study and learn and know what you're doing before you go. I mean, if yes. you want to be a weekend warrior, go to it, have at it. Right. But we've had so many people come to us and they haven't been officially diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar or anything like that yet, uh -huh. but they show signs of it. And then you have a team go into this home and say, yes, you have a demon in your house. The next yep. thing you know, they're self-manifesting and that could be enough to push them over the edge. Yes. And, and you yes. know, and then you're held liable for that. Yes, absolutely. 
have mm-hmm. to be so careful. I have to. I have three nurses on on my staff, which is mm-hmm. nice. You know, because yeah. if I see something, because you know, you're a journalist. I'm a journalist. You, we're, you and I are watching body language when we're interviewing people. That's what we're trained to do. So if I see something that I'm not comfortable with when I'm talking to somebody, I'll call one of the nurses out, have have them come talk to them, just to see if we can figure you know figure out what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this hour went by. This is great. <laughs> I, I love talking to you. Um, I would love to have you on again at some point. Yeah, it was one. Just let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, how, how do people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, either on my website. It's uh, heatherleephd.com or um, you can find me. I host Exploring the Paranormal on Tuesday mornings. It's actually stopped right now because WLTK radio shut down. Uh-huh. But I will be starting again in two weeks or a week from this Tuesday or a week from tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Um, but that will be at Exploring the Paranormal show on Facebook. And it'll also air on Things Network. And okay. then you can find my other Facebook page is Dr. at Dr. Heather Lee. Okay. Right. Thank you so much. I wish you guys all the best of luck in Florida. Stay in oh, touch. Want, yeah, see what you guys get. Okay. Stay exactly. in touch. And, and when you come to Florida, let us know. Absolutely. Well, you'll know because I'll be the first one screaming when I see like a, a brightly colored snake because that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have a great evening. Okay. And a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. You too. No problem. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, that was great. That that was some awesome stuff. I mean, I mean, that gives me incentive to get get, get my gear and gear my my team and gear and gear and just head out. And do, excuse me, and head out and do investigations. Tomorrow night, um, I have a pre-recorded interview for you. I, I did that. I, I did it on Saturday, and this is going to be interesting. The guest is is Kathleen Kelly R N, and she has written a unique book about. Things that happened during her time as a trauma nurse in the ER. And she's got some really, really cool cases she talks about. She's also a sensitive. And uh, the first part of the interview is, is about her abilities and, and what she does with them. But th- th- it's just so interesting stuff. She's got about two chapters in this book about um, events she saw, you know, with dying people as far as being a sensitive, you know, seeing their family members come. It's a fascinating book. And she also talks about a couple of really unique cases that, that, uh, that, that, that she experienced while working in, in the ER. And she not only worked in a, like a, a big ER, like in California, but she, she worked in a small, in, in a real tiny town in um, Arizona. And boy, the excitement there was crazy. So I hope you guys, uh, you know, to give it a listen tomorrow night because it's really a good interview. It's about an hour. I'll let you know, it's your popcorn together and stuff. It's an hour and a half interview, but it's, 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 it's really a thorough interview. And like I said, the first part of it is about her psychic abilities and what she does with them. And then we start getting into the nitty gritty of life in the ER. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that discovery show, right? You know, the ER thing, only this is like for Arizona. So, so it's really cool. It's really cool. So hopefully you do that. That'll be six thirty PM Pacific tomorrow that, and the link is over on Facebook and I'll, I'll be sending the link out, you know, some more tomorrow. And it's, 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 it's going to be over on YouTube at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, it's going to heat up here. Summer is taking one last gasp. Uh, you, you know, this is the last big heat up, and then it's over. Come next Sunday, it's over. So uh, I was hoping to get a lot of yard work and stuff done, but it's not going to happen because suddenly it's going to get really hot, and I'm not going to even do anything with that again. 
tell it, tell it goes down. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming. I really appreciate it. And you're going to be hearing more from the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. We're going to go more public, and we're going to be doing uh, some invest live, live investigations right here on uh, YouTube and right here on Facebook and uh, maybe even t TikTok. So we're going to have some live investigations coming up. So uh, be on the lookout for that stuff. You know, Halloween's coming, and uh, we want to put some stuff out there for you guys to see. And, uh, again, I'm teaching that class on how to process EVPs and, and how to manage EVPs once you do get them, you know, the, the type of equipment to use and things like that. So if it's something that interests you, check out the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup site around 8 p.m. Pacific tonight. I'll have all the information up for that. But, again, thank you very much. And if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies because we are just trying to get the word out about our little old show. Uh, you know, we're trying to build up our, our subscribers over on YouTube and, and keep our Facebook followers going. So please be sure to do that and let, let people know about our show. And I hate to do this. It's, it's, it's the beginning of the month, and uh, I got to get the bills paid. I got to keep the show on the air, and, uh, you know, this, this is just how it is. It's just a fact of life. And uh, if you guys could help me do that, I'd appreciate it. I had some medical expenses that I wasn't expecting this, this month, so I'm running short on uh, paying the bills for this show so if you guys you know every little bit helps and I, i'd really appreciate it i don't i don't like to beg you know i don't like to ask but you know if there's any chance that you can help me out a little bit that would be great to you know to pay for my internet fees and stuff i'd appreciate it and that is at uh paypal.me forward slash california haunts or you can do it at uh venmo and that would be california haunts at venmo so i would really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart you know because uh i want to keep this show going good guests Got a good week coming up. All right. I will see you. I will see you. I, I will be in on chat tomorrow. I won't be live. I will be on the chat for Kathleen Kelly RN, Voices of the ER. So here we go. Let me give you information for Heather. Her website is heatherleephd.com. And of course, you can Google her uh, or search for her on Facebook as well. And she's got two sites over there. So uh, check that out. And the books, Haunted Southern Nevada Ghost Towns, Ghosts and Legends of the Vegas Valley are the, are the first two books. And she's got two more books that she has written. One is a Dream Journal. We were just talking about dreams the other night, guys, and keeping a journal. So there you go. She has a Dream Journal. And 13 Things Ghost Hunting Taught Me About Network Marketing. I think I'm going to be reading that one. <laughs> anyway, you can get those books at Amazon.com. All right, once again, tomorrow's another day, and I will see you guys tomorrow on the chat. Have a great one.